Hey there, this is Devin from Legal Eagle. You're smart. And I know that you're smart because you're listening to this podcast. But if you want even more incredible, educational-ish content from me and my friends, then you've got to get Nebula. Because in addition to offering tons of terrific podcasts ad-free, Nebula is a place where my friends and I get to release tons of experimental and exclusive content that you can't find anywhere else. Plus, all of my videos are ad-free. Just head to watchnebula.com slash radio to sign up now. So the Trump indictments are here, but they're not the ones that most people expected. On July 1st, Donald Trump's chief financial officer, Alan Weisselberg, surrendered after Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance charged Weisselberg and the Trump Organization with 15 criminal offenses, including conspiracy, grand larceny, criminal tax fraud, and falsifying records. The indictment alleges a, quote, sweeping and audacious payment scheme that allowed Weisselberg and others to be paid more compensation than the company or taxpayers reported to tax authorities. The charges center on unpaid taxes on employee benefits that Weisselberg and his family uh, allegedly received. The benefits include things like free apartments, cash bonuses, comp to Mercedes cars, and private school tuition for his kids. And after the announcement, many of Trump's critics rejoiced, with many reminiscing about the time that Al Capone went to prison for tax evasion rather than for murder. And the hashtag lock him up trended on Twitter all morning. So is this really it? Is the hammer really truly about to fall on Donald Trump, his company, his associates, and his family? Well, it depends. Hey, Legal Eagles, it's time to think like a white-collar criminal defense attorney, because former President Trump waged a years-long battle with Cy Vance over subpoenas into his tax records. When the Supreme Court ruled that Trump had to turn over his tax information to Vance, he and New York Attorney General Letitia James announced that they were collaborating on several investigations. But the Vance indictments don't have anything to do with Trump's personal taxes, or at least the way that he values his properties. So the question is, is the Weisselberg indictment the opening salvo in a bigger war over Donald Trump's tax avoidance strategies? And are the feds coming next? And also, can Weisselberg himself beat this rap? Well, today I'm going to shed light on what we know about the Trump Organization case. Of course, keep in mind, as always, this is just an indictment and nothing has been proven against either Weisselberg or the Trump Organization. Both he and the company have pleaded not guilty to these criminal charges. So to get into this, let's establish some basic things about the area of tax law. Employees and corporations pay taxes on an employee's compensation. In addition to salary, compensation includes things like tuition, housing, and cards if the employer provides them. And under the tax code, these are classified as as fringe benefits. According to the IRS, any fringe benefit that you receive as an employee is taxable and must be included in the recipient's pay unless the law specifically excludes it. Employers can deduct employee compensation from the taxes that they owe, but they still have to pay Medicare and Social Security taxes to the government. These are payroll taxes. Generally, the employer pays half of the payroll taxes and the employee pays the rest. Now, if a corporation can find a way to classify some of the employee compensation as a deductible expense, it avoids the payroll taxes saving approximately 14% that would have gone to the government. This also pays off for the employee since disguising compensation as a routine business expense avoids not only the payroll taxes, but also the income income taxes that would be owed by the employee. Now, here prosecutors allege that the Trump Organization has been engaged in a plot to defraud federal, state, and local tax authorities starting as far back as 2005. The scheme was two-pronged. First, it involved allowing employees to dramatically understate their compensation so they could pay less tax. 
This also allowed the company to obtain tax refunds on taxes already deducted and paid to tax authorities. Second, the companies failed to withhold income taxes on wages, salaries, bonuses, and other forms of compensation, allowing uh, allegedly the Trump organization to evade the payment of payroll taxes that the organization was required to pay in connection with employee compensation. As the indictment explains, no one benefited more from this alleged tax evasion scheme than Alan Weisselberg, who uh, was in charge of the company's finances. Weisselberg is firmly enmeshed in the Trump organization's business. Former Trump fixer Michael Cohen told Congress that Weisselberg helped him pay off adult film star Stormy Daniels and other women who had affairs with Trump. Cohen also testified that he and Weisselberg, quote, concocted phony valuations of the company's real estate holdings that suit Mr. Trump's needs at any given moment. Weisselberg was also a key person in the investigation over the misuse of the charitable funds by the Donald J. Trump Foundation, which resulted in Trump himself admitting that he used charity funds to buy things for his golf clubs and presidential campaigns. And the Trumps paid $2 million to settle the case and are now barred from chartering another nonprofit in New York. Many expected Trump to pardon Weisselberg, but he did not do so. Now, the Manhattan DA alleges that Weisselberg was able to, quote, receive indirect employee compensation from the Trump organization uh, in the approximate amount of $1.76 million. The indictment alleges that the Trump companies helped Weisselberg get paid in ways that helped the companies avoid reporting it to tax authorities. So let's talk about the first count against Weisselberg and the corporate defendants, which was a scheme to defraud in violation of New York Penal Code Section 190.65. A person is guilty of a scheme to defraud in the first degree if he or she, quote, engages in a scheme constituting a systemic ongoing course of conduct with intent to defraud more than one person or obtain property from more than one person by false or fraudulent pretenses, representations, or promises, and so obtains property with a value in excess of $1,000 from one or more such persons. Now, this isn't usually an offense that's charged as a single count. It's usually charged in connection with other offenses, as it is here. And in essence, a felony scheme to defraud is basically an accusation that someone was running some kind of scam with the intent to steal. And when Weisselberg and his wife moved into a Trump building on Riverside Boulevard in 2005, the Trump organization paid their rent, the garage, and for utilities. According to the DA, the expenses constituted employee compensation and taxable income to Weisselberg. And in an almost cartoonish example of tax evasion, these payments involved some extremely tricky bookkeeping. The DA claims that these payments were not booked to the Trump organization's general ledger as employee compensation, but were instead labeled and deducted as, quote, rent expense in the general ledger. However, for certain years, the Trump organization maintained internal spreadsheets that tracked the amounts it paid for Weisselberg's rent, utility, and garage expenses. So did you catch that? The Trump organization allegedly kept two sets of books, one with the fake numbers and one with the real figures paid to Weisselberg. The indictment says that when the Trump Corporation paid Weisselberg's rent, someone from the Trump Organization reduced Weisselberg's salary by a corresponding amount. If this is true, this is extremely strong evidence of intent that makes it much harder for Weisselberg and the Corporation to argue that it was all an accident or misunderstanding. We know what we're gonna do. Till the government indicts anyway. Now, people who are skeptical about the charges have suggested that tax authorities are attacking the Trump Organization for political reasons. And one way to prove that would be to show that people are rarely prosecuted for this kind of tax fraud. However, people do go to jail for the same conduct that Weisselberg is accused of. In fact, one of Trump's old pals, Leona Helmsley, was sentenced to four years in prison for having her real estate company pay to renovate her Greenwich mansion and then failing to report those payments as income. The man who prosecuted Helmsley was, and I'm not kidding you, Rudy Giuliani. By the time that Helmsley was charged, she and Trump had a falling out and Trump celebrated the charges with a letter calling her, quote, a disgrace to the industry and a disgrace to humanity in general. 
And there's more. The DA said that from 2005 to 2013, Weisselberg pretended not to be a resident of New York City in order to avoid paying city taxes. Weisselberg listed his home in upstate New York as his permanent residence, all while spending most of his time living and working in the city that the Trump Organization allegedly paid for. And this is a common scheme to evade paying local taxes. And in fact, uh, in another uh, similar situation, Derek Chauvin, yes, the former Minneapolis police officer convicted of murdering George Floyd, was actually charged with aiding and abetting tax fraud in Washington County, Minnesota. Chauvin and his wife claimed to be legal residents of Florida while Chauvin worked full-time as an officer in Minnesota. The couple then filed tax returns claiming to be Florida residents. Now, the district attorney also claims that Trump employees, including Weisselberg, arranged for tuition expenses for Weisselberg's family members. This money was allegedly paid by personal checks drawn on the account of and signed by Donald J. Trump. The DA says that these payments, quote, constituted employee compensation and taxable income to Alan Weisselberg and was treated as part of Weisselberg's annual compensation and internal records maintained by the Trump Corporation. So once again, the real compensation was included in a secret ledger of payments to Weisselberg, but not included on Weisselberg's W-2 forms or reported to tax authorities. And the companies did withhold income taxes on the tuition payments. And Weisselberg allegedly failed to report about $359,000 in tuition expenses for family members. And Donald Jr. has seemingly admitted that his father was aware of in part of this arrangement. It's not 1.7 million, that's income. The taxable portion of that to New York State is 8%. That's $136,000 over 16 years. That's 10 grand a year. Half of that, because my father's a good guy, he paid for this guy's grandchildren's education. Our tax experts say that's not even taxable. All right, so a couple of things stand out here. Uh, it seems the legal strategy of the Trump family is to say that whatever Weisselberg was doing, Trump was not aware of it, but he may have been aware of it because he's such a nice guy, but also this is all Weisselberg's responsibility because he's the CFO. So we can listen to former President Trump in his own words. Or education for your grandchildren. I don't even know. Do you have to? But does anybody know the answer to that stuff? And so far, others have reported, and Don Jr. has confirmed that these checks were written by Donald Trump Sr. personally uh, for Weisselberg's compensation. And even if Trump was personally signing the checks, which reports indicate that he was doing even as late as 2017, he'll claim that uh, he signs hundreds, if not thousands of checks a month, and that's just part of doing business. So he, again, would be relying on his CFO, Alan Weisselberg, who obviously was the bad actor in this particular case. Uh, whether a jury would believe that or not is an open question. These things are hard. It's hard to prove these tax prosecutions. And the statements from Don Jr. seem to be a preview of a defense that we're going to see down the line, because any amount of tuition reimbursement that exceeds $5,250 is considered a fringe benefit of the job. So it seems like he's arguing that although the tuition is around $10,000 a year, uh, Trump Sr. only paid for half of that, making it non-taxable. And of course, one can pay for tuition. That's fine, but the tuition can't be claimed as a deductible business expense if it's not. Additionally, the indictment alleges that the Trump companies paid annual lease expenses on two Mercedes-Benzes that were the personal cars of Weisselberg and his wife. The end result was that neither the corporation nor Weisselberg paid taxes on $196,000 in compensation for the cars. The Trump organization also gave Weisselberg over $29,000 in cash to distribute as holiday bonuses. The company allegedly wrote checks to an employee and had that employee give the cash to Weisselberg. The Trump corporation allegedly booked this cash as holiday entertainment, but maintained internal spreadsheets showing the cash to be part of Weisselberg's employee compensation. Of course, no taxes were reported or paid. 
So according to this, the Trump executives weren't even hiding what they were doing. They kept track of it all on a spreadsheet in complete confidence that the IRS would never know. It was allegedly right there in black and white. And then there's a whole slew of allegations regarding ad hoc personal expenses. Weisselberg's compensation allegedly included payment of expenses on homes and apartments used by Weisselberg's family. This was for things like carpet, new beds, giant TVs, and furniture. The Trump companies meticulously, quote, tracked the payment of the expenses internally as part of Weisselberg's annual compensation. And the same setup was used to pay the expenses and rent of other employees, including two of Weisselberg's family members. Although these people aren't named, the New York Times reported that Weisselberg's children also benefited from the association association with Trump. Weisselberg's son, Barry, got a job with the Trump organization managing the Wallman Rink in Central Park and played DJ for the Trump Christmas parties. Yes, real shades of Succession's cousin Greg. Egg. Greg. I don't know. And then we have bonuses. And speaking of the Wallman Skating Rink, the indictment alleges that the Trump companies used subsidiaries to pay some executives end-of-the-year bonuses that were then misreported as non-employee compensation violation of federal law. The companies uh, playing along with the scheme included the Woolman Rink, Trump International Golf Club, Mar-a-Lago, uh, Trump Las Vegas Development LLC, and other entities. This corporate sleight of hand allegedly allowed Weisselberg and others to receive non-employee compensation that allowed them to participate in a tax-deferred pension plan that otherwise wouldn't have been available as an employee of the Trump Organization. And the district attorney says that Weisselberg knowingly falsified records in furtherance of the scheme. He repeatedly reported that his compensation was fixed at 940000 quote, comprised of five $540,000 in base salary and $400,000 in end-of-the-year bonuses. But Vance says that the Trump Corporation, at Weisselberg's direction, excluded from his reported gross income the amounts that were paid to him indirectly. So the rent, cars, cash, furniture, and tuition were purposefully hidden from tax authorities. And then there are a whole raft of other interesting related charges. Weisselberg was charged with conspiracy to commit second-degree larceny. Generally, for this kind of claim, a prosecutor has to show three things to prove this conspiracy, which in and of itself is not a separate charge. First, you have to show that the involvement of two or more people. Second, the criminal intent, which means people must know that they are doing something illegal. And third, at least one of the conspirators has to take overt action further into the conspiracy. And one of the interesting things about this charge is that it brings us back to the return of unindicted co-conspirator number one. It's been a while since we've heard about this particular character. And in earlier seasons of As the Trump World Turns, Robert Mueller presented a long report describing potentially criminal acts committed by individual number one and Michael Cohen. Cohen went to jail for conspiracy with unindicted co-conspirator number one. Both of these people are presumed, uh, pretty obviously, to be Donald Trump. But in this particular case, individual one may not actually be Donald Trump. In fact, many have reported that the most likely candidate for this particular unindicted co-conspirator number one is Trump Organization Comptroller Jeff McConney. But what was this conspiracy about? Well, the district attorney says that from, quote, at least 2005 through the date of this indictment, the name defendants and others, including unindicted co-conspirator number one, agreed to and implemented a compensation scheme with the object of enabling Weisselberg to underreport his income to federal authorities and thereby evade taxes and falsely claim federal tax refund to which he was not entitled. As a result of the conspirators' actions, during the period of the conspiracy, Weisselberg took approximately $94,900. And to satisfy the requirements of the conspiracy, law, the indictment lays forth the overt acts that Weisselberg and others allegedly took in furtherance of this conspiracy. I'm not going to read them to you, but you can see the 
that the acts include underreporting income. And effectively, many people were involved in the scheme. Then there are claims of grand larceny. Prosecutors have a lot of options in these kinds of cases for charging people with the theft of state money that should have been taxed, including uh, the charge of grand larceny. So count three involves the predicate offense for the conspiracy, grand larceny. And Weisselberg is charged with secondary larceny in violation of Penal Code Section 155.40. A person is guilty of grand larceny in the second degree when he steals property valued at more than $50,000. And then there are the criminal tax fraud claims. Counts four, five, six, and seven charge the Trump corporations and Weisselberg with third and fourth degree criminal tax fraud. A person commits criminal tax fraud in the third degree if they performed a, quote, tax fraud act. The tax code of New York defines a tax fraud as intentionally providing materially false information on a tax return or during a tax audit or failing to intentionally pay taxes owed to the state of New York. The defendant's actions must be intentional with the intent to defraud. And the defendant must have defrauded the state for at least a one year period in the amount greater than $10,000, but not more than $50,000. And then there are the counts related to falsifying records. Counts eight through 15 are for various acts of falsifying business records. Weisselberg is charged with four counts of of offering a false instrument for filing, a violation of New York Penal Code uh, 175.35. He's specifically charged with a first degree felony. The prosecution here has to prove first that he knowingly offered a written document or instrument that contains a false statement on its face and presented it, quote, to a public authority, public servant, or public office. Second, the prosecution has to show that the document was filed, registered, or became a party of that particular office's records. And uh, third, this is a felony crime if the person acts with the intent to defraud. And while the intent to defraud is a complicated concept in New York, it's been interpreted as an act or behavior where the goal is to lead another into error or disadvantage. This doesn't necessarily mean that the person needed to present a false document for the purpose of stealing money. It's enough to show that the defendant wanted to interfere with the government's ability to administer the law. And the Trump corporations and Weisselberg are charged with falsifying business records in the first degree in violation of penal code section 175.10, which states, quote, a person is guilty of falsifying business records in the first degree when he commits the crime of falsifying business records in the second degree and when his intent to defraud includes his intent to commit another crime or to aid or conceal in the commission thereof. The defendants were accused of fraud in connection with three years of filing Weisselberg's W-2s. And the 15th count is particularly interesting because it alleges that the Trump organization and Weisselberg acted to basically cover up their tracks. Manhattan District Attorney General Counsel Kerry Dunn provided additional information during the arraignment. Quote, the CFO himself directed the company records be deleted to conceal his participation in the scheme. Even now, there's been no attempt to impose discipline on the people involved, to report the crimes, to repay the proceeds, or even to amend any of the false tax returns. Instead, when confronted by our investigation, the company at its highest levels decided not to accept responsibility and to cooperate, which is what companies do if they want to be viewed as a good corporate citizen. Instead, it forced us into litigation for a year and a half, including two trips to the Supreme Court. Falsifying business records in the first degree is a class E felony, which can result in prison time, but often results in just probation, fines, and the like. Oh, and one last thing. I know right now you're probably fumbling with your phone trying to find the next podcast to listen to, but you can't because this is an ad. But it doesn't have to be that way. Instead, you can go to watchnebula.com slash radio. You can get access to all of our original podcasts ad-free, plus exclusive originals and experimental shows from your favorite educational-ish creators. And best of all, you're helping to support us make even more amazing content. So before you go, check out watchnebula.com slash radio to support this channel and this podcast directly.